Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name is Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. A very snowy, a very cold Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. If things get a little angry on the show today, you know why, because we're over it. Uh, to my left, we got Justin Anderson here, joining us on Skype from... Uh, the Maritimes. We've got Patrick Marsh. Um, we also have a very special guest joining us as well. Uh, Chris Henderson, co-editor and, and contributor of Jay's Journal. He's here to chat with us. Uh, Chris Henderson, thanks for joining the show. My pleasure, gents. Thanks for having me on. Now, me and Hendo have a little bit of a history. When I worked at... Uh, country music radio here in Saskatoon, I talked to Henderson like once a month. He was always in the studio hanging out with me and I kind of miss you, bud. Yeah, likewise. It's, uh, you know, I still keep up and see what you're up to on social media and still get a good chuckle out of uh, your antics on there all the time. But <laughs> yeah, I'm overdue for an actual face-to-face -face visit and, you know, Henderson's, see sometime. Henderson's becoming such a big deal in the uh, Saskatchewan country music scene that uh, he turned down a gig that I gave him. Uh, I asked him to play my wedding. <laughs> I wanted a uh, live performance for our first dance, and Hendo's the guy. Like, he's got such a good voice. So I'm like, man, sing for me. And nope, he's all booked up for that day. So appreciate it, man. <laughs> well, I, you know, I send my best wishes. <laughs> Just kind of a big deal, hey? And uh, one quick story with Henderson here. He didn't almost get me fired, but a buddy he was interviewing with almost got me fired. Uh, this guy named Blake Berglund, he's killing it as well on the uh, Saskatchewan country music scene. He opens for Coulter Wall a lot. Right. Um, I had Hendo and Blake Berglund interviewing on the show, and the very last word this Blake Berglund guy said was like the biggest shit bomb I've ever heard in my entire life. Live radio. And he's like, yeah, man, this new music's the shit or something like that. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> And I had a not-so-nice meeting with uh, the bosses afterwards, so Henderson was almost uh, the reason why I got fired. So, again, turning down my wedding, almost getting me fired. Me and Henderson, we go way back, man. So this is he just set me up? Yeah, basically. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> Hang out. Bye. Yeah, no. Um, no, Chris Henderson's a very, very knowledgeable Blue Jay fan. He's been on Jay's Journal for a long, long time, and um, it's nice hearing some other... Um, perspectives on the Jays because us three think a lot alike and it's it's always nice to see what other Jays fans hear. So uh, first question here for you, Hendo. Um, the offseason for the Jays, not that exciting. We didn't do too many things, but out of the moves that we did, who do you see having the biggest impact with the team this year? Oh, you know what? There, you're right. There hasn't been a lot really to to right home about and as far you know a lot of the, the contributions that we're going to see from the team that'll be different from the last few years will be from from the own their system in the minor league mm -hmm. system but you know the one guy that i do kind of think is a sneaky good signing especially for the contract they got him on was matt shoemaker he's a former starter from the los angeles angels and he's had some trouble with his forearm he had uh, just a ton of issues over the last couple of years and i think he's only made like 14 starts or something in that neighborhood over the last couple of seasons but he was healthy at the end of last year uh, in la and and previous to that his track record was really good so the Blue Jays uh, in my opinion desperately need to add some starting pitching depth so I'm hoping that uh, he can provide some of that so what was the move that made you do the opposites what was the move that made you kind of go like why the hell did we sign this guy you know what I, I've got a weird answer for that and I think mine would be Freddie Galvis and and not because Galvis is bad or that because they I mean they got him on a great contract and I think he'll be like a positive uh, con contributor to the team but you know I'm one of the people that uh, actually believes in Lourdes Gurriel's potential as a shortstop and so I wanted to see Gurriel get a full-time opportunity at short 
um, before Bo Bichette inevitably makes his way to the major leagues. Because I think with Gurriel's arm, if he can really kind of harness all the potential he's got over there, then I think he could be a real asset. But now that Galvis is in the picture, they're talking more about Gurriel as a bit of a utility guy. And personally, I, I'm not a huge fan of that. But, uh, you know, they're in modern baseball these days, the more utility or, you know, the more flexible you are with your defensive, you know, with your position availability and stuff like that, the more value a lot of guys are seeing with. So I understand why they're doing it. I just uh, I want to see him get a shot at shortstop full time. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm with you there. Uh, next question for you. There's a bunch of big free agent names that are still unsigned. So I want to ask, should the Jays have made a bigger play for Bryce Harper? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I think they could. Like, there's no reason, especially when you look at the payroll going forward. I mean, after this season, there's the only thing that they've got for guaranteed contracts is Gurriel and whatever they got left owing for Tulowitzki. Mm-hmm. And the year after that, Gurriel's the only guaranteed contract. Yeah. So, I mean, there was no reason they couldn't have thrown $300 million at Bryce Harper. Um, just the, Especially, you know, typically I wouldn't be in favor of making those kind of big contracts, but this is going to be a team that's really built from the minor league system. And so a guy like Harper could actually fit. The other side of the coin of that is that I don't think Bryce Harper would have ever actually considered the Blue Jays as a realistic <laughs> that's option. A, that's, a, that's my point of view there, too. <laughs> not you know, I, I think he's a guy that wants to be in, a, in an iconic American jersey. And and I get it. You know, like I understand that. I'm always a little bit annoyed with that because mm-hmm. being a biased Canadian baseball fan. But I totally understand why a guy that grew up you know, in the United States would want to throw on a Yankee uniform or a Dodger uniform. I get it. So I just don't think he... I think the Blue Jays could have made a serious offer even just for the sake of PR, and it yeah. would have probably been safe to do it with knowing he wouldn't have taken it anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you have a prediction of where you think he'll go? Um, you know what? I, I, I've, I think it'll probably be Philadelphia yeah. now. I mean, at the start of the offseason, I picked the Cubs as a place that I thought he would end up, and, mm-hmm. and I'm really surprised that Chicago isn't willing to spend more money or that they chose to spend it on – an option for Cole Hamels, but <laughs> but uh, I think at this point Philadelphia's got a nice team they put together this off season between what they already had and and uh, they've got the money and the resources to throw at Harper. I think he fits well there. Perfect. Yeah. So getting back to the Jays here, um, who do you think is going to be the first Jay this season to be traded? Um, you know what? I think it'll be my my opinion is Kevin Pillar, and not because I think he's got the most value, but because I think the Blue Jays are going to ultimately have to make some room in the outfield, and because uh, they've got a whole lot of guys that uh, I don't know that they know what they have. You know, you you look at certain guys like Dalton Pompey or John da- Jonathan Davis or Anthony Alford or Dwight Smith Jr. or Billy McKinney. I mean, the list goes on. You got Randall Grechuk, I think, is maybe your only guaranteed fixture out there and otherwise i think you got a whole bunch of dudes that you need to play and see what they're going to ultimately be able to be capable of at the big league level so as much as as i kind of like pilar and, and his blue collar game over the years uh, you know i don't think i think he's i think we've all will have to all accept that he's this is who he is and he's probably not going to be any better than this so is he going to be a part of the future i don't think so so in my mind the blue jays need to make some room and let some of these other guys play everything you're saying is it- true but it makes me sad <laughs> makes me very yeah, sad and that that's totally fair you know it makes me sad to sit there and look at jose batista on the free agent market begging for a team and but that doesn't mean i want to give him a contract either <laughs> yeah. uh we're talking to chris henderson from jay's journal uh if you want to check out uh some of the stuff he's written jaysjournal.com he's also uh, baseball for brains on the old twitter machine um 
When it comes to the prospects in the Jays system, there is no shortage of talent. We just had our uh, Top 30 Jays Prospects uh, three-part series here on Bat Flips and Maple Dips. But which prospect outside of, like, the Vladimir Guerrero Juniors, the Bo Bichettes, which lesser-known Blue Jays prospect do you see taking a step forward and maybe stealing the spotlight in 2019? Oh, in 2019? Okay, that changed my answer because I was going to say Eric Bardino. I really like that yeah, kid, but he's he's a long, he's a long ways or not a long way away, but I think he's only just turned 19 or something like that. So he's probably not going to show up in the big leagues this year. You know, I think one guy that I that I really want to see get a good fair chance this year is Sean Reed Foley. Um, I just like I like his arm. He's got uh, he reminds me a lot of like a Dustin McGowan or a Brennan Morrow kind of thing. Um, you know, and I think he's just got a lot of potential. And but I, what I'd like to see is if he can stick as a starter, or if he's going to be a guy that could be a valuable bullpen piece. Because I just I think his stuff is great if he can just uh, get a chance and again be able to harness it all. Cool. Um, you, you talked about the variety of outfield options that we have. So it seems like out of spring training, unless there's a trade that's made, Kevin Pillar and Randall Gritchick are probably solidified as the starters in center and right. So with the rest of the guys we talked about, like Teoscar Hernandez, Billy McKinney, Jonathan Davis, Alfred Pompey, maybe even Devin Travis or Gurriel, who have been rumored to be utility guys, who do you think wins that left field job out of spring training and how big is the leash going to be? To me, I think it'll probably be Teoscar Hernandez who gets the majority of the starts out there. Um, you know, I wrote, a, I think I wrote an article mm-hmm. in the last week about this and, and I like Billy McKinney, and I think uh, he showed enough last year that he deserves a chance. But just the fact that he's got some minor league options, I think, lands him in Buffalo to start the year. Because I think Hernandez needs to get some starts. The Blue Jays can see if he's improved with his glove at all this winter. I know he he worked hard. He played winter ball, and and, uh, here's here's hoping he made some improvements with the glove. (laughs) But then you've also got uh, a guy like Dalton Pompey, who I didn't think they would still have on the roster at this point. Right. But, uh, you know, so far he's still in the 40-man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dalton Pompey. I've had a chance to chat with him personally, and he's just a, a wonderful human being. Um, and so I'd like to see him get a chance this year, and uh, I didn't think he'd get one. But the fact that he's still in the roster and that he's out of minor league options, um, I, I feel like he's going to get a chance at least for the first month. As far as how long the leash is, I don't think it's long at all. The, you know, I think um, the nice thing with Hernandez is, is that you'll, they'll probably give him some DH at-bats as well with Morales you know, being in the last year of his contract and right. they're not really looking to, they're not uh, making winning a priority this year. So I don't know that Morales is going to start all that much or, you know, he'll maybe start halftime or two thirds, I think, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm always wrong with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, with Anthony Alfred, I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm a big fan of this guy just because of the athlete that he is. He's still in the top 10 Jays prospects, but he's kind of been, I guess, overshadowed by almost everyone else in the system the last couple of years. Does he have, any chance of becoming a major league player i mean he's, his speed is great his defense is great but he just hasn't figured out the bat yet what do you think about him yeah i think he's a guy i still like him i still mm-hmm. believe that he can be a big league player but uh you know for i don't think that he's going to have a realistic chance to break the camp with the team unless he comes into spring training and just lights it up or something but right. you know I, you're, you hit the nail on the head he, he's got a lot of great tools he, he could be a great you know, potential center field option in the future with the defense and with speed on the bases and that sort of thing. But until he learns how to hit a little bit more and, and until he can stay consistently healthy, he's going to need to put a little more time in the AAA. I'm, I'm still hoping that he turns into something because the Blue Jays have so many great prospects in their infield. Uh, but yeah. they, they, that's one thing going forward. They don't have a lot of dudes that are have really high-end 
uh, talent in the outfield. So Alfred's a guy that I think if he could harness it would be a, just a great fit for the team. Hendo, which side are you on when it comes to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Are you on the side of keeping him in the minors for a month and calling him up later on so you kind of save that year? Or do you want him on the team opening day um, on the roster for the entire year? Which would you rather see the Jays do? I completely understand why why they're going to start him in AAA, but you know I I, I don't like that where baseball's headed right now. I don't mm-hmm. like that we, it seems like it's like it's almost a guarantee that there's going to be a work stoppage here in a couple of years, and I don't like that the Blue Jays are going to be contributing to that with this scenario with Vladimir Guerrero. I don't like that you're going to take a generational talent and piss him off before he's played his first big league game, and so to me, I would I would start him in the big leagues right now. Yep. Start. Start kissing his ass and start trying to get him to sign an extension in a couple of years and try to make him a real true part of this thing rather than just going, okay, great. We have seven years with him before he leaves. You know, to me, I would just make him a, you know, make him a generational talent and say, hey, man, we value you. We want this entire franchise built around you. So let's start right now. So I don't know. I, I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but uh, I, I just don't like the idea. I don't like the whole thing. And while we're at it, bring Boba Shed up for the start of the year as well. Why not? But let's bring Groshans up for the start of the year too. Let's just get all of our prospects. Dump everybody and get the prospects on the squad. Uh, Chris Anderson, thanks for talking to us. Uh, really quickly here, last uh, thing. Where are the Jays going to finish this year? Uh, what are your predictions for their record? And who will win the competitive AL East? Uh, I think uh, I think the Blue Jays will finish fourth in the division. I mean, obviously New York and Boston are going to be good again, and Tampa Bay, despite the fact that they chose not to spend again, I think they're obviously they should be better than the Blue Jays. But uh, I uh, I think you know I look at uh, what the Yankees have done by just make, building the most dominant bullpen I've ever seen on paper, and uh, the how the Red Sox have. I don't even know who's going to close for them. So <laughs> I, I'd have to probably pick the, the Yankees to win the division. And I think my guess the other day for the Blue Jays uh, final record was 77-85. So it's going to be a rebuilding year. It'll, uh, But I think there's going to be enough exciting stuff to watch that for anybody who really loves the game as much as any of us do, I think there'll still be plenty of reason to tune in, even if they aren't winning on a nightly basis. Chris Henderson, thanks for joining us, bud. Um, again, jaysjournal.com. Check it out. Uh, this guy's the co-editor and contributor uh, for that website. They do great work when it comes to following the Blue Jays. But also, give this guy's music a listen. Um, Chris Henderson was one of the first interviews I've ever had in radio. One of the first country songs I've really heard because I wasn't really a big country music guy before. Um, Don't Miss Your Kiss Goodbye still one of my favorite songs. It was one of Hendo's very first songs. So... I mean, Hendo's my guy. Really, really appreciate you joining us. And whatever you want to plug right now, Mr. Henderson, you got the next few minutes to do it. Go nuts. Well, wow, thank you. That was uh, my. I'm not sure my head's going to fit through the door when I walk out of my office. But yeah, <laughs> likewise, man, you you were uh, incredibly awesome to me over the years, whether it was in Estevan or Saskatoon over the radio. So it was a pleasure to get to chat with some baseball with you as well. But I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, like again plug this plug the website jaysjournal.com, and you can follow us on Twitter and all that fun stuff. We've got a great little staple of writers that we've put together in the last few months. And there's some really talented guys that are putting some great stuff out. And then of course there's my nonsense on a near daily basis as well. If you're looking for something to read as well, you can follow, uh, follow me as well, as you said on, on Twitter at baseballforbrains.com and, uh, my music's at chrishendersonmusic.com and of course make sure that you follow that uh, that flips and maple dips and all if you over ever, all these social media channels if, if you ever need some guest contributors I, I know three that are willing to help you out so 
Absolutely. Yeah, I know. You know what? I uh, got a meeting with my uh, guy that used to run our podcast all the time. We've been kind of dormant on that lately. So if we, uh, we get that fired up, we'll definitely be calling you guys. Beauty. Chris Henderson, thanks so much for joining us. Chris Henderson from jaysjournal.com. Uh, appreciate it and uh, stay safe on the roads. I know you're doing a lot of driving and it is, it's greasy out there. So It sure is. I'm going to hunker down here for the rest of the day, I think. <laughs> thanks, bud. Cheers, fellas. Pleasure. I love that guy, by the way. Chris Henderson's my boy. Um, huge, huge fan. Whenever he came to the studio, it was always a good time. Um, again, jaysjournal.com does a lot of great stuff on there as well. Um, I forgot to do all the social media plugs at the start of the show. Should I do that now? Or? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I may as well. Get into the interview. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, make sure you give us a follow there, friends, while you're following Jay's Journal and Baseball for Brains and stuff like that. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher. We're all over that. And again, rate us on there. Give us some reviews. Share it on Facebook. Share us on Twitter. Um, ask us some questions. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. If you give us some love, we'll give you some love team follow back right um i feel bad for patrick he was just kind of chilling there the whole no, time No, you guys you guys killed it all i had to do was sit back and listen it was way more enjoyable to <laughs> must do that be than... nice bud must be nice you're getting all the credit over there while you're just sitting on your butt i i supervised supervised, I supervised while you guys you guys did the grunt work i well, appreciate it bud uh we'll start with you here with the uh, news because i know you want to talk about one of your favorite guys the axe man uh coming back to the jays what do you realistically think of john axford coming up for this season patrick are we going to trade him halfway through the year or do you see him making the team and sticking with us the entire season I think this time around he's going to stick it out, and I think this will probably be the last year of his professional baseball career. I think they traded him this year almost like a courtesy to give him a chance to to go somewhere where he could win. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did not pitch well in Los Angeles at all, Um, and he had some signs here in Toronto where you could tell uh, his career's coming to a close. That being said... This is the kind of player that should excite you because he's kind of a hometown body. I know, like, we kind of cheat in Canada and by saying, like, oh, they're from Canada, therefore the entire country is, like, their hometown. But uh, Axford, he's not going to sell tickets, but people are going to like the fact that we have a Canadian player other than Vladdy on the team. Um, and for $1.6 million, He's definitely better than Danny Barnes, Mark Later Jr., and Joe Biagini. So, yeah, why not? Give him, give him a curtain call uh, for his MLB career. And, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what he does. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's pretty sweet that he wanted to come back. I mean, he lives in Burlington, which is really close to, to Toronto. So just being close to his family for potentially what could be and probably will be his last year is probably pretty meaningful to him. He'll be able to have lots of relatives and get his kids out to watch and pitch. And yeah, I think it's great. That's he's he's better than the options that we have on the forty man roster at this point. So exactly, we'll see him probably steal a spot from one of those lesser liked players <laughs> amongst us. And uh, hopefully, he does well. Like with the arms left on the free agent market and the arms that we have in the system and the arms we have. Axford was the best option. He was the best option. Plus, he's familiar with the team. I know that there are a lot of new players on our squad this year, but he's familiar with the city. He's familiar with how things run there. 
I like the move. Again, Axford's a little old. and Yeah, you got to have a Canadian on the roster. you got to have it. a Canadian on there. Yeah. I mean, technically Dalton Pompey is the <laughs> Canadian on the roster, but we've been saying that for like seven years now. So um, speaking of pitchers, uh, the Blue Jays signed another guy. I'm not really familiar with this guy, Justin. Nobody but is. <laughs> why, is this kind of a, why is this kind of a weird signing for the Jays? So his, his name is Ryan, I think it's pronounced like Fiera Bend. Great name. I'm going to go with that. He's left-handed. He's pitched in Korea for the last four years. He's 33 years old, and he throws a knuckleball. Ooh. He's been a starting pitcher over there, but obviously I don't think he'll start with us. I don't think he's going to make the team to begin with. I think this is kind of his hope, his audition tape to get a major league deal or minor league deal with with a team with the potential of, of pitching in the big leagues this year. Um, obviously a guy who's had some decent – he had some decent success in Korea – but, I mean, the big leagues are the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And as you go on your career, I'm sure he wants to pitch in the big leagues. It's it's kind of a, a WTF move for us because, I mean, I don't think anybody sees him as having any potential of doing anything more than being a AAA pitcher <laughs> for us anyway. But it's, it's interesting. I mean, the knuckleballs are always finicky. If the thing's working, it's working. But if it's if it's not, it's a home run machine. Patrick, what do you think about uh, the Jays bringing in so many old guys like this Fiera Ben guy who's 33? And also, do you like the fact that we added a knuckleballer? Or? Uh, I, I like the knuckleball because it's such an unpredictable pitch and it's harder to hit. Uh, the longer or the more time passes, the less you see these sort of offbeat pitches. Uh, I know we have seen like more EFIS pitches than we, uh, in recent years than seemingly ever. But we're just not seeing guys use cutters effectively anymore. And everybody has a slider and everybody has some sort of fastball. So like it, we're getting to the point where I think the knuckleball might actually come back after almost going extinct in MLB. I think the last time there was like a regular knuckleball starter was Stephen Wright, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if there's anybody who throws like a pure knuckleball anymore can you guys think of anybody who no, not i'm not counting the knuckle curve besides saying Steven, like, right no but I, I don't but you heard it here first folks the knuckleball is back it is back i as for like the old pitchers being brought in i don't like it at all i don't like the fact that the starting rotation is like clogged with mid-30s pitchers who are good but they're not great i really wanted to see the young guys just come up and i don't give a shit if they if they lose 100 games i don't care about their career stats i just want them to get meaningful innings that being said with the log jam that's going on here in the starting rotation the starting rotation in triple a is going to be extremely sexy <laughs> like between possibly ryan barucki and we'll talk about this later and then Trent Thornton, Sean Reed Foley, Thomas Pannone, Sam Gaviglio. And who knows? Maybe it'll be Ryan Fiera Bend in AAA as well. Who knows? But, I mean, like, that's a talented AAA starting pitching roster. Oh, and don't forget uh, Nate Pearson as well. He'll be, mm-hmm. he'll be in, he'll in AAA. He'll probably double A. Probably, but I don't think he'll be down there for too long. I think, like, he's primed to have like a mega bounce back year. I hope so. He's just got the heat. He's got that heat yeah. and it's just crazy. I think he'll be on a bit of an innings workload though, talking about Pearson just because of the fact that he only pitched like 
two innings prior to the fall league last year. You'll probably see him throw like 120 innings, and that'll be it. I was just going to say over-under on him pitching 100 innings 120 would be my guesstimation. The one thing that is weird is that when it comes to our position players, our guys in the infield and the outfield, the young guys that are coming up, we're really cautious with them. Like guys like Bo Bichette, we're like, you know what, we got to keep this guy in the minors, we don't want to rush him. But it seems like with our younger pitchers, we're like, no, just get him up there. Get him in the bullpen. We don't care. Why is it like that? Why is it that right now our mindset with positional players is we can't rush him, but with pitchers right now, it's like, no, 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 we should rush him. Screw these old guys. Let's get some young guys in our bullpen. Why is that? I think the pitchers thing... tend to last longer, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. Well, well it depends. Like I if think, you're playing uh, infield, maybe. With with the current log gen that we have in positional players, we're not really needing to rush anybody. Cause that we, was my thought. Yeah, we've got such a log jam that with these high end shortstops and third baseman and second baseman that we don't have to rush them. But on the pitching side of things, we have like five really decent prospects with upside. Obviously, we talked with Chris about Eric Pardino, who is just barely. I think he's barely 18 at this mm-hmm. point. So he's he's still a couple years yep. away just because he needs to finish growing, really. Um, and about you have like the Sean Reed Foley's and the Ryan Baraki's who we did see last year. You have the Thomas Pannon's. Uh, you've got the Nate Pearson's who, had he not been hurt a couple of times, he'd probably be in, in the conversation for a spring training audition this year. But, I mean, there's, there's all these high-end, talented pitchers that people just – I think we just – we want to rush them. I don't think we should. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably doing the right thing from a future side of things, but it's still not not what a fan wants to see. Oh yeah, I'd love to see Sean Reed Foley and Ryan Barucki in the rotation right now instead of uh, Clayton Richard. Put Barucki and and, and uh, SRF in there at the four and five spots and just let him buck. Great name on that Clayton Richard though. Great fucking name. Um, that's the <laughs> weird thing. I've always found it in baseball. You never want to rush the positional guys. Yeah. But when it comes to pitchers, hey, you know what? Bring him up. Who like who was the guy that came up with Osuna with us when he was 18 years old? Wasn't it? Uh, oh man, he was he threw hard. Yeah, big guy. He got sent down to the minors. He kind of disappeared. Then he resurrected for a while. It's on the tip of my Santos? Tongue. Yeah. Yeah, Sergio Santos. Sergio Santos, something like that. No. No, that doesn't ring up. It's, it, he was a Santos big guy. Older. We'll do some digging here. Yeah, but we'll like those two guys, they were 18 when they were in our bullpen. And it was like, ah, 18, whatever. But when it's, it's, I That's why I want Elvis Luciano to make the exactly. team. He's like, yeah. he's, he's barely 18. Yeah, it's weird, though, how like baseball, again, everyone's on the same team, but positions are so different. That's the thing I love about this game. Before we get to Vladdy, um, while we're on the topic of pitching, because we just spent a whole bunch of time talking about that, let's talk about the rotation here. Um, because Atkins apparently said that one rotation spot is up for grabs. He said that the lock spots in the rotation are Aaron Sanchez, obviously. Marcus Stroman, obviously. Then he promised the other two to Matt Shoemaker and Clayton Richard. I have a problem with him promising spots to those last two guys. I know that you guys love Matt Shoemaker. I'm still not sold on him. But Clayton Richard, like, I think Barucki did enough to earn a spot, like that fourth spot. Miguel Castro. Miguel Castro. I can't believe I forgot his name. (laughs) Oh, he was so good. I was like, man, we got to keep this guy over Osuna, you know? And, like, Osuna kind of took over after that. But, oh, I love that guy. Yeah. But I thought Barucki did enough to earn that fourth spot. Am I crazy yes. here in thinking that? No, like, why is Clayton no. Richard in that fourth spot and not Ryan Barucki, Patrick? I – the hell if I know. Well, I mean, you should know. You should like, have I'm... the answers. Look, like, I'm fine with Shoemaker being in the rotation just because it'd be kind of cool to see if he can make a comeback out of it. But Baraki already proved that out of every pitcher that we have, 
or had last year who was in our prospect pool who got innings. So that includes Pannone, SRF, Sam Gaviglio. Barucki is clearly the closest. And Barucki had some very strong performances against some very difficult lineups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have no goddamn idea why Barucki was is coming into camp having to compete for the spot. Like, it's ridiculous. He could have a bad spring and end up in AAA. That's what I hate about this. Gaviglio or Pannone could end up fluking their way into having that number five spot. And as much as I like Thomas Pannone, I don't think Pannone is meant to be in that spot at this time. I don't. I, it makes more sense to me for Barucki to log as many MLB innings as possible because I see him as being, uh, like I said before, baby Burley. Like, he's the future Mark Burley. Even Sean Reed Foley, like he had a lot of experience with us last year. I mean, Justin's boy. What do you yeah. feel about him having to compete? And again, going up against Ryan Barucki, I don't think Sean Reed Foley is winning that matchup with him for the fifth spot. If it's, if it's a hardest throwing contest, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> in terms of major league readiness, no, I I, I, I love Ryan Barucki. Um, I think he's ready to be at least the fifth starter. Probably the, should be the fourth guy, and Richard should be the fifth guy mm-hmm. if he even gets a spot. But it's it's kind of I would be very shocked if Ryan Barucki does not break camp as the fifth starter. Um, and whether or not he is the fifth starter or if they start him in the fourth, depending on how they configure the rotation to space out their lefties, um, Ryan Barucki might still be the number two starter, potentially. It's He's going to be in there, in my opinion. I don't see why he wouldn't be unless he just has a, a terrible spring where he just can't get it out. Yeah. But he should be there. Okay, so who wins that fifth spot? Ryan Barucki. Ryan Barucki. Are we all in agreement that Ryan Barucki is winning that fifth spot? No, I think Barucki will get the fourth star, the fourth spot, and I think that all of this is a bamboozle, <laughs> and I think that it's going to be. I think Barucki, the really the 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 rotation should go Sanchez, Stroman, and then Barucki, and then a second lefty after Shoemaker. Yeah, that's just my that's just my opinion, but then. I'm kind of tilting my hand as to who I think should be the number five starter. So <laughs> I don't think Clayton Richards should be there at all. I think he should be our long relief spot starter kind of guy. He's just there to pack man the innings. Just I don't like everything. that. I don't like that. I kind of wanted Baraki and Sean Reed Foley in the rotation together this year. I, would, I thought that would have been a good move. We'll see it as soon as one of them gets hurt. <laughs> either way, they're as soon not going to. Since the blisters come back. Yeah, either way, like both are going to get roughed up because we're in the <laughs> toughest division in baseball. Like yeah. If they're worried about well, that, it's going to happen eventually. The, the NL East might be the toughest division now. The mm. AL East is still pretty good, but I think mm. yeah, that NL East division is going to be a – even the central, those the, the National League's gonna have some fun races this yeah. year. I think there's some really good divisions, and then division like the AL West. Seattle's gonna suck. LA is probably gonna suck because yeah. they just can't bring anybody to help out our boy Mike Trout. Because I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> what the hell's going on with Seattle? Like Seattle, they were they were supposed to be way better than yeah. what they were well, last year. It's like they everyone. fell apart, and now they're like they're just. Garbage. Poor Edwin Encarnacion stuck there because the the trade market on him is for some reason just dried up. So because they had they had brought in Carlos Santana yeah. and then they traded him to Cleveland for Encarnacion and then they're going to try and flip Encarnacion <laughs> and he's still stuck <laughs> yeah. there. Like the poor guy's probably just... nobody wants like a thirty five year old <laughs> DH who he's at home with the parrot on his arm. He just doesn't know doesn't know what to do with himself. Like we'll give them Kendris <laughs> for Edwin straight up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if they want to switch hitter, they can have all of a sudden Suns out guns out looks way better. Just because Encarnacion's had such a steady decline. Yeah. 
yeah, he's still productive, more it's, productive than Sunzo, Gunzo, Kendris. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it's tough to watch poor Edwin just be stuck in Seattle now. <laughs> Let's get positive here. Let's yeah, talk about Vladdy Jr. Because oh, anytime we talk baby. about Vladdy Jr., not gonna lie, it gives me a semi. Um, <laughs> Vladdy Jr. Wow. again. Everyone's talking about the debut of Vladdy Jr. When are we going to see him in a Jays uniform that's not during spring training? <laughs> Everyone's thinking he's going to start the year in AAA, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Ross Adkins said that there is no firm timeline for his MLB debut, which means he knows, but he doesn't want to be a dick and ruin the dreams of Toronto Blue Jay fans out there. Um, he's starting the year in AAA. Can I give you the firm timeline on Vladimir yeah. Guerrero Jr.? Yeah. He will come up on the road against Minnesota on April 15th. You heard it here first. He won't. They won't bring him home. They, they. He could come up on April twelfth against the Rays to start of that three game set, but he won't because they'll bring him in on the road where the media circus will be a little bit less. I hate that. They'll I have three. That. They'll have four games against Minnesota, and then they go to Oakland for three, and then they come home to play the Giants for a couple. So, he'll uh, he'll come up again in, in Minnesota, I believe. I'd love to see him start at home, and he he might. But I think the smart money is on Vlad coming up. Sometime on that road trip against the Twins or the A's, they might not. They uh, they also won't bring up right away as soon as he's out, as soon as they can, because mm-hmm. then they'll be like, oh yeah, they were definitely keeping him down there. Like when the Cubs brought Chris Bryant up the day after, yeah. the day after they possibly could a couple of years ago, there was a big stink raised by the Players Association. So that's why you saw like when uh, the Braves brought up uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. last year, they waited until like th- like the twenty seventh mm-hmm. of April or something just so. Oh yeah, he was he he did get off to a bad start. He was batting under two hundred for the first two weeks of the season. So they kind of used that as an excuse to keep him down. But I think we'll probably see Vladdy hit like four hundred in the first couple of weeks, and people will be like, "Oh yeah, bring the, this guy should be in Major League Baseball." And then they'll be like, "Oh yeah, we he's working on his leadership skills." Yeah. I think Chris Henderson <laughs> hit the nail on the head, though. I think um, Vladdy's going to take this the wrong way. Yeah. Vladdy's going to be like, "Really, guys, you're going to treat me like this? He's, I'm going to remember this." He said he understands, but I mean, a player will say the right things, and I mean. It sucks. We should be kissing his royal behind. Yeah. But we aren't. Um, is Kawhi Leonard uh, staying? <laughs> I don't know. Is yeah. Vladdy going to stay? <laughs> Patrick, you've been no, quiet on the whole Vladdy thing. Take it away, bud. L- listen, guys. Listen. We have to accept the fact that the CBA was not negotiated in a way that would protect young players from right. being buried in the minors to manipulate service time. If you're going to blame anybody for this, you have to blame the MLBPA for not negotiating this. No, I blame Adkins. Okay. <laughs> no, you Fuck can't. Off. The thing is, like, John this Gibbons is fault. this is baseball in 2019. Yeah. This is what we have to accept as a part of the reality of rebuilding. In that, we saw it with Acuna last year, and we will see it with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year. They will manipulate his service time in order to get the most from him. Is it going to piss Flatty off? I think you might be overstating how much it's going to piss him off. But, I mean, that's that's everybody's prerogative when they don't get what they want, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact is that this is what's best for the team, manipulating the service time. When the next CBA is negotiated, I pretty much guarantee the PA will not allow something like this to happen ever again to any player. But in the meantime... Yes, the best prospect that MLB has ever seen and Vladdy Jr. is going to get tied down in the minors. This is just the way it is. There's nothing anybody can do to change it. I think that we have to trust in the system that Shapiro and Atkins have built. And we're just going to have to 
deal with it. And as for the when he's going to be brought up, um, Justin had it put brilliantly. It's going to be on the road to lessen the media circus, and it's going to be after that April 14th <laughs> or whatever the deadline is to sort of cut down on service time. And, yeah, he Love will that. quietly enter MLB on the road. And when he gets his home homecoming in Toronto, uh, the roof is going to f- blow off the dome. As long as they bring him up before the 30th of April, because that's when I'm in, a- in Anaheim to watch the Chase play the Angels for three games. As long as he's up by the end of the month, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, co- I'm, I'm Gucci. I'm kosher. <laughs> the only way that he's not up before then is if he gets injured, either in spring training or before th- that date. So Patrick, you, I think you shut your mouth right now. <laughs> barring some sort of catastrophic, horrific injury like a torn ACL, or oh, God, it wasn't even... Michael Sanders who like tripped over a uh, one of those. Um, yeah, and Marcus Stroman did that too, feeling that yeah, bunt. Can we just not talk yeah, about he... this? It's making me a little. It's making yeah, me. Why are we talking about this right now, Patrick? Don't bring up injuries. Like, why would you do such a thing? <laughs> I also know that well, you guys I... trust Atkins and Shapiro, but I do not. I have said that many yeah. times on this podcast. You would have given Josh Donaldson $23 million to go play for the, the Jays this year like the Braves did. I still miss Josh Donaldson, yeah, and I, I still why. think that he's going to have a pretty big comeback year. I don't think he And will. you guys are all jerks for not thinking that. The things that he did for this franchise, and you just forget about it. Yeah. You guys are all about the numbers and not about the heart. What have you done for me lately? I hate that mindset. I hate it. Um, Let's get to... Oh, hold on. That's not fair. I don't think that's fair to say. Look, I've got a Josh Donaldson jersey that I bought... After he got traded, I only paid $5 for it, but I will proudly wear it until somebody else uh, who I like more gets traded and somebody sells his jersey for $5. I miss Josh. I miss when Josh would just mash bombs. Not just home runs, but like clutch home runs. I miss the clutchness of our old team. I miss when Russell Martin was a good baseball yeah, player, too. We went from talking about injuries to just reliving the glory days. Just the past five minutes has really taken a turn here on the old podcast. John Mellencamp plays in the background. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to talking about some other I'm stuff. I was thinking more Springsteen, like yeah. glory days. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, TJ. I'm just going to call him TJZ. Like <laughs> TJZ. Zuck, Zuch. Uh, mild lat strain. No idea on recovery. Do we care? Yeah, he'll be fine. It's just going to be one of those things that probably limits his spring training time. He wasn't a contender to make the opening day Jays roster. He'll be a double A AA or triple A. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, whatever it is, what it is. Hopefully he's okay. He had a good year last year. So, Patrick, Zuch, Zed, Zuck, what do you think of him? Um, This is a minor injury, and it's not a big deal. And it's only news because there is nothing else to yeah, talk about. Basically, he'll be in a couple weeks. He'll be fine. We won't even remember. I'm kind of more concerned about what's going on with David Phelps and whether or not he is ready to go or not. If so, why did we bother to get him? Exactly. It's a minor league contract. Who cares? I love that mindset. That's it's, minor league contract. It's like it's like <laughs> when a team hosts open tryouts. It's just that's basically what this is. You yeah. give a guy a minor league contract. John Axler's on a minor league contract. Yeah. There's no space on the forty man. We know damn well he's better than a few players on our forty man yeah. roster, and he will be <laughs> on there unless he doesn't get an out in spring training, like Ryan Barucki. Um Yeah, David Phelps. He's coming back off Tommy John's, so I mean, give him some time. He's still he's he's been decent in the past. He might be decent halfway through the season for us when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the last things we'll talk about here: um, the competition at left field. Yeah. Um, 
Teoscar Hernandez, Billy McKinney. Those are the two names that are coming up. Um, some like Pompey might surprise. Yeah. Who knows? But I don't think that's going to happen. Out of those two, Patrick, who do you think's getting the starting left field spot? It's Hernandez. I, I said it last week. I think I said it last week, or maybe it was Justin. We need Hernandez Teoscar's bat over McKinney's defense. It's just like it's it's about generating runs. Like you you can't. You can't win baseball games if you don't generate runs, and Hernandez does a better job of that than McKinney. That being said, they're both going to be on the main roster, so I guess we'll just kind of see over the period of like a full season whether or not McKinney can produce at the plate enough to justify um, benching Hernandez for a sizable chunk of the year, and then next year he just converts over to DH. Yeah, well, I mean, Chris said it best when we had him on that, yeah, hopefully Hernandez has figured out the glove a little bit, but his bat's just too valuable to to leave him on the bench for a majority of the time. So he'll earn at least probably 75% of the left field starts would be my guess. If he plays 120 games, that's probably pretty accurate. Um, McKinney will kind of be the floater that'll cycle in when Gritchick gives Pilar a day off and vice versa, that kind of thing. Uh, it's Yeah, I think those are the four outfielders with McKinney and Hernandez along with Gritch and Pilar. Obviously, you have Dalton Pompey has no options left, so if he doesn't make the team, he's going to end up somewhere else. And then you have guys like Alfred Smith, Davis, Guriel Travis, who's been rumored to be yeah. tempted to switch more to an outfielder at some point. So, I mean, the left field competition is going to be big. We'll see some weird names on the left field lineup cards for spring training games. Um, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be those four guys. I think that T. Oscar is going to get off to a slow start in spring. I think for whatever reason, I have a hunch that he's just going to struggle. Hmm. I think because maybe he was, like, he had some hot spurts last he's season. He's mashing bombs all was, winter, yeah, though. Yeah, that's the thing. He was mashing bombs all winter, but I, I think that he's going to come into spring training kind of, like, relaxed and not ready to kind of compete, you know? I just th- I think Billy McKinney's going to win the job for, like, the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> and then T. Oscar's going to realize it and be like, okay, I can't just coast. i got to actually try here. And then T. Oscar's going to take over. I don't know why. But I just feel like T. Oscar is going to wow. get off to a slow start this they, year. Hazel May said that T. Oscar has been in, in Dunedin for the last few days working out already. So he's, yeah. he's already there. Okay. Well, Vladi showed up today. Guriel showed yeah. up today. Pilar showed up today. Smokey's there. I still think T. Oscar. I don't know why. I, I call it a hunch, early. but I think he's going to get off to a slow start. I'll probably look like an idiot because he's probably going to kill it like the first couple weeks of the season <laughs> just because I said that. Uh, last thing we'll talk about here. Brett Laurie is back. Oh, yeah, Cement Head. signed with the Milwaukee Brewers. Cement Head. Chances he makes it to opening day with the Brewers. 42%. Patrick? I like Jackie Robinson's. I'll give him the number. How dare you put anything with Brett Laurie? Do (laughs) Ah, not put Jackie Robinson in there. 42 is a good number. Make it 43. 42%. Yeah, they cannot be related. Okay, well, it's a good baseball number. Are we? Do we have to pick like a a natural number? Like, do I have to go between one and a hundred, or can I be negative? Imaginary numbers? Can we go imaginary? I'm gonna give Brett Laurie a one percent chance of making the Brewers this year. Everyone, I don't think he gets out of spring training. I don't. I I think he'll get DFA'd before the end of spring training, and he will not want to report to minor leagues. He hasn't played MLB in two years. He's done. Wonder what what has he been doing? Has he been playing overseas at all? Been pouring cement. Pouring cement inside his head, because that's what he does best. (laughs) Cool tattoos, though, man. Cool tattoos. Um, that's it. That's all They're I think cool. for bat flips and maple dips today. Yeah. Um, 
for the extra music since Chris Henderson was so um, kind to join us. Uh, we're going to leave you with some Chris Henderson tunes. Uh, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, BFMD Podcast. Give us a follow. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher. We're all over it. Thanks for listening. And again, give us a share. Give us a follow. Give us some feedback on the podcast. If you hate us, say you do. Chirp us. We'll chirp you back. It'll be a fun little episode. We can do a roast episode or something, you know. But uh, just give us your feedback and do what you can on the old social media, okay? Okay. All right. Good talk. Um, for Justin, for Patrick, my name's Clayton, and uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one. She likes the bass bins thumping when she walks in the door, smoke hanging in the air. Every head turning when she hits the floor, waving her auburn hair. Not a care in the world, just a beautiful girl Can't be tamed tonight If you didn't know better, never guess she's that tight She craves the chaos It's the high she needs at the end of the week She can't stop Okay.